The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. The follow-up today is with my best friend from college, Russ. He was my roommate for a few years, and Russ and his family just bought a new home. And since he is so much more of a grown-up than I am, I thought I'd have him on to talk about it. So, Russ, what do you wish that you would have known the very first time you bought a home? And what type of advice would you give first-time home buyers that they might not hear anywhere else? What does this mean? You're moving out of your parents' basement? Yeah, <laughs> one of these days. <laughs> one of these well, days. It's this, getting a little this cramped. Is home, this is home number three for me, actually. And um, one thing, so I have three buckets of things that I wish I knew going through the process. Uh, Number one, everything is negotiable. So we all know that you can negotiate on the home price, but did you know that you can negotiate on things like your mortgage rate Hmm. and your closing costs? There's actually a section on the mortgage uh, closing cost document that you get from your broker. It says fees that you can shop for, and you can ask around for other closing and title company costs to see if yours are competitive. Hmm. So uh, negotiating everything. Uh, actually, in, in one of my houses, we negotiated to keep the TV mount on the wall because – Think about the headache it causes for the home seller when you ask them to take out all their furniture, all the drapes, all the the, um, furnishings, when they were thinking, man, that's going to be a headache for me. And the fact that we asked for their TV mount to be left on the wall was one less contractor bill that they had to pay. It was one less thing that they had to worry about. So um, those those types of things can not only save you money, can save you time, and it can save your home seller, the person you're buying from, a big headache. And that's um, that's actually area number two of things that I wish I learned, which are different ways to eliminate the headache on the seller's part of the transaction. Because uh, if you can put yourself in their shoes for a minute, you know they're if they have a nice home, and if you're offering on a home, you're thinking this is one you really want, chances are a few other people may want it as well. And you're trying to get a leg up on the competition. So the secret is, and if you have a good real estate agent, hopefully this is not a secret, is to minimize the headaches from the seller. So um, some things that you can do to um, make your offer look better than the competition, um, and I didn't know this my first two laps around the track, Uh, you can get a pre-offer inspection done. That's somebody that you hire, who works for you, who goes around the house, tests every water faucet, um, every floor tile, make sure everything's secure, um, so that if the house checks out and it has few or minimal repairs that need to be done, you can actually submit your offer with no home inspection contingency. That means that the home seller won't have to go around to every door, every window, every floor tile to secure all those things at their expense. They can basically leave it for when you take over the house. Hmm. Is there a third bucket? Third bucket is to give yourself some time. So, um, you know, when you're in a rush, you, you think you're you're ready to move out of your parents' basement. Yeah, can't wait. Um, yeah. 
and and you you get excited, you get the itch to buy something. You know, you see something that you really like, and your first instinct is go, 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 submit an offer, market's hot, let's beat everybody else. And I would say that, especially as a first-time home buyer, you want to really understand the lay of the land. You want to understand the neighborhood, you want to understand the trends, and you want to understand what it, what it will take not only to win the house that you want, but how that house will fit into your life once you move in. So that means things like uh, maybe taking a morning off of work to go buy your new house, uh, your target neighborhood, and test out the commute, Mm. or watch to see what's going on in the neighborhood during the commute. I've passed through neighborhoods where homeowners can't back out of their driveway because their street is so jammed uh, during morning rush hour. And, you know, that's something that might not be good for a a family with kids, for instance. Um, So I would say that if you're ready to go and uh, that it is a big decision and that you should not rush to tackle something that can really have a big impact on your life before you have looked at the scene and made sure that it's good for your life. All right, so question, and, and of course, as expected from you, very well thought out. First question on the everything being negotiable, and you talked about the the mortgage rate, the document. Do yep. you need a, a professional to read that document, or could you do it on your own? You can do it on your own because you are essentially comparing something pretty simple, which is just the mortgage rate number. Oh. Um, the Every mortgage broker, when they give you a quote, is required to furnish you. um, It's a three or four page document. And, uh, you know, surprise, surprise, the government has actually made it very simple to understand which fees you can shop for, which ones are required, such as uh, paying local tax and state tax and uh, recording tax and things like that. Those things you cannot change. But where the uh, mortgage broker puts his or her fee, that is negotiable, where they put uh, what type of insurance you buy for your title for your new house, that's negotiable. And it says at the top of that section, they're required to put these fees you can shop for. All right. So then speaking of making things easier, and, and it's nice that the government does a little bit to do that, what could make the whole process easier? A clear mind. Uh, and and that that is part of not rushing into the uh, decision-making process. But when time is on your side, so if you back out from moving into a new house, mm-hmm. that means going through your stuff and figuring out what you want to take with you. It might not be everything, which things, if you need to sell it on Craigslist, if you want to donate it, uh, give it to a family member. Uh, it also means looking at your uh, housing situation now. Does that mean that when you're uh, rent when your lease agreement comes up in the fall, well, can you ask to go month to month? Because everything that you put in writing for a longer term than you intend, now that starts to put a headache on the um, the home seller in your situation because you're not ready to move in when they're ready to move out. So things you can do to make the whole process easier are to line up your ducks so that when it is time to jump, when it's time to sign, you can do it. And I know the way your mind works. It, throughout these processes over the past 
so three houses. Have you been thinking about it, there should be a service that does X that would make this whole thing a lot more smooth? I think that when you sign on with your real estate agent, I uh-huh. think that there should be a checklist that you're required to initial off on on things that you have done to say that you're ready to go. Um, huh. There there have been times where my real estate agent and I were not on the same page because they didn't know that I wanted to see 40 homes before making a decision. Um, there were times that I needed to sell my house, but it wasn't even on the market yet. And the real estate agent doing my buying transaction was not the same one that we hired to do our seller's transaction, so they didn't know that the timing was off. Um, I really think that prospective home buyers could benefit from a checklist of everything they need to get ready to actually take advantage of the situation so that there's no miscommunication. Something like saving your tax forms. Uh, that's required for getting your mortgage application submitted to your lender. So if you don't have last year's taxes and maybe even two years back, if you can't easily access your pay stubs and um, and other essential documents for pr- proving who you are and how much you make and what your expected income is to afford the loan, then chances are everybody will be waiting on you and it could bring up some problems later on. Which move has been the most difficult in terms of packing up stuff and deciding what to keep and what to throw out? It's not even close. It's the one with the kids. Yeah, this I this mean, one because there's two? Yeah, we have two kids, and every room has become a parking lot of cars and trucks and dinosaurs and figurines. And um, it, when when I bought my first house, I was thinking, oh, well, do I want to bring – forward my you know my college plates or um (laughs) you know my framed hockey pucks or things like that but now it's okay can we actually afford to bring all 300 cars that my kids have into into house number three or you know if i hide the first hundred will they miss them and guess what the answer was no they don't miss them (laughs) they've been in boxes for three months now and they they're playing with new toys they're they're excited about the new house they uh, they don't realize that some of those things are missing so wait so hold on so what are you gonna do with those toys uh donate is there are there still things now on the new house and you guys you haven't been there very long that you wish you would have done beforehand I wish we just had even more time. Oh, okay. Um, if if I could have uh, extended out our rent back agreement, and that means that renting the house that we sold, if I could have extended that maybe two or three more weeks, that's two or three weeks less of living with renovations going on, with boxes all over the place, um, with just chaos. And I think I would have preferred to space it out a little more. Of course, when you're excited to move into a new house, that's the toughest thing to do is to wait. You want to get in there. You say, hey, we'll do what it takes. We'll, we'll live with the construction. But um, you know, in the end, especially with kids, I would say um, separating the two, um, the two houses, the two transactions, and giving yourself as much space to breathe as possible is probably most important. Very calculated as expected. Thanks, pal. Appreciate it. You got it.
In college, Russ and I used to talk about living across the street from each other with our families, and he'd say his kids would throw rocks at our windows while we ate dinner. Guess that's what he means by checking out the neighborhood first. Both of us do hope that you share this episode with anyone who is going through this process for the first time, or even the second and third time, because I'm sure it can help. Please make sure to click the five-star rating for the podcast on Apple Podcasts and take 30 seconds to create a username and leave a review. Seriously, 30 seconds. While you're there, you can go back and listen to any of the 100-plus episodes, or you can do that on VocalNow.com, V-O-K-A-L-Now.com, and the Vocal app. Thanks for taking the time to join us on The Follow-Up. The Follow-Up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit VocalNow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-Now.com. Vocal Now.